Hey friends, before we hug your ears today on all the fucks, just want to give you a heads up that there are a couple of tech hiccups at the 20 minute mark and the 30 minute mark. Uh, It is smoother sailing moving forward. So just hang in and enjoy. Hi, this is All the Fucks. I'm Jen Ponton. I'm William Bustle. And this is a podcast about vulnerability and caring way too much with your giant, tender, beating heart. <laughs> throbbing. <laughs> throbbing. My throbbing heart. Painfully. Uh, and with earnest. Oh, so earnest. Oh, God. We uh, like this. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm trying to think of one of the most, I think that my most earnest stuff probably came up in my church camp stuff. Like the the terrible, annoying shit I did in the name of, of God. Oh my God. But, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other episode. Did I put one down for camp? Uh, I did. Bless you. Camp, yeah, and camp dovetails with uh, church stuff for me. Delight. Uh, our topic today is one of these kids is not like the others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think while we're in the early days of this podcast, before we get super duper duper niche, um, especially for people who don't really know us, this is a great way to figure out exactly why we are so drawn to this. Mm -hmm. Um, because both of us have real weird backgrounds. Very weird. We do acknowledge that we're both white women we come from a certain amount of privilege um but within within that privilege still real 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 weird yeah um we're, we're in a, a weird part of the intersectional you're right yes yes and the more i learn about your childhood the more the more it feels like big fish oh yes <laughs> which by the way um i think that i scared my husband and friend Michael at how hard I sobbed at the movie Big Fish. And I was like, well, I guess I have some unresolved daddy issues that I need to talk to somebody about and pay them lots of money. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely Big Fish. Over and over. Big time. Mm -hmm. Big time. And funnily enough, uh, mine in, in us talking about like, oh, what, what movie like absolutely hit that raw nerve. Mine was Jack. 1995's Jack. Don't know what that is. What it's is that? It's a Robin Williams movie. Oh, where no. He, where he plays a young boy who has a, a rare disease where his body ages like four times as quickly. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. And so... the Wait, thing, does he have a beard or no beard for this? No beard. Okay. No beard. This is like fresh out of Hook. Oh God! Fresh hook. out, of, fresh out of hook, fresh out of hook. Fuck me um, up too. Doubtfire. Okay. Oh, oh, hook. Fuck me up big time. We have so much overlap. It's the best. Uh, so much overlap on the weirdest. But I've never seen Jack. Right. Well, there's a good reason because it is so sad oh. and it like it. Robin Williams, fresh out of Mrs. Doubtfire, the funniest, most wonderful man on earth. Everybody's gonna go see him pretend to be a ten year old. Well. He's 10 in the body of a 40-something-year-old, and none of the kids like him. They all pick on him. They all think he's weird, and he goes home and cries in his room, and his parents cry because, of course, he's going to die before everyone else because his body ages four times as quickly as his peers, and he's crying, not knowing how to to put it together that he's also going to die in, like, fucking 10 years. It... I was... Dear listeners, I wish you could see my face. Yeah. 
I went, it was a summer release. Oh my god. Oh my god. It was a summer release. I went with my friend um, and my mom, and I was 10 years old in that audience, bawling my brains out. Yeah, how could you not? Sob. But I'm the only person. Like, (laughs) right, right. Like, everybody else is having, you know, a little stoic tear or two. Like, oh, in that moment, it was so sad, but the rest of it's great. I was just like, (laughs) and then, this was like a three o'clock show, two, three o'clock. So we watch the whole movie, and I sob all the way through it, and then we go home. And I am home with my parents, and it's summertime, and my mom's like got corn and the grills going, and we're sitting outside on the patio having dinner together, and I am so still crying. I am still crying. Nobody understood him. He had no friends. And nobody liked him. And then he was gonna die. Oh. Alex, this is... <laughs> oh, no. The, I, and then... Uh-huh. And then, I bought the soundtrack. I saw the soundtrack. <laughs> I, have, I have the album in my house. Oh, I cannot wait to hear what's on that. Oh, it's all really sad score. I'm very shocked. All it is is sad It's just like score. Enya. <laughs> So if those are like and yeah, and wait, hang on a second. It's gonna be worth it. Dead can dance. Enya and Dead can dance. Do you remember that? No. Oh, I'll play you some later. Oh yes, please. Mm. Hopefully that get that's a little amuse bouche on the childhoods, man. That we that we come from. Big fish and Jack. <laughs> so, so when I was a kid, it took me a very long time. Not a very long time. Not at all. I knew that I was different very quickly, but it took me a while to get used to the fact that there were people who were not going to like me because I was different. I was always super precocious. Um, I started reading at like two and a half of my mom's to be believed. Holy shit. Uh, I was using enormous words in first grade to the point where I was alienating myself because I didn't realize that other kids weren't talking like me. I already thought that I was snotty. Also, my family was from New York. Moved to Virginia to open a museum, so already we were uppity, right? And in um, in Seaford in Yorktown, Virginia, where your independence was won. Um, uh, NBD. Yes. You know, whatever. Cornwallis is a whole cave. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's in Hamilton. That's the only reason why people know Yorktown now. They used to think I was talking about someplace in, in, in New York. Oh, in like the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, so my family moved there to open a museum, which which wound up failing. And the only reason that you would be in this town would be is if you were military or if your whole family had been living there forever. So we were, there was no reason for us to be there. Everybody was suspicious all the time. Oh, great. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the South. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. <laughs> and, and I was always chubby and my sister was 11 years older than me. And so that meant my sister, my mom was like older than most of the moms of the kids my age. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't drive. And my mom smoked like a chimney and cussed all the time. She flipped somebody off as we were going into the church parking lot. We were taking the left turn into the church parking lot. Someone cut her off. She flipped them off. That person was also going into the church parking lot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so regardless of how I comported myself, I was not set up for success. Right. And also my sister's, my half-sister... 
She's my whole sister. I love her with every part of me. But she has a different dad, and I didn't find that out until later. And she, I look like a Campbell Soup kid. And <laughs> and she looks like she's Greek. Yeah. yeah. She's stately. Yes. Like angles and, you're and an cheekbones. Yes. <laughs> I am the embodiment of a dimple. I'm a dimple with feet. That's gross. Twinkly cupcake. <laughs> that's my. That's not going on my website. I couldn't even see her boobs for all the dimple. So, <laughs> so it, it uh, very quickly. I was. I felt different with a capital D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't move as a child, which to me. And how old were you when you moved to Virginia? Oh. Three-ish. Okay, so you like you grew up. You spent mm-hmm. all of your youth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you stayed there. Yes, you stayed from there. Manhattan. My my right. both parents born and raised in Manhattan. Mm. Decided to move to three acres of land <laughs> at the end of a dead end road in a place where the KKK <laughs> was still happening, mm. like on a daily basis in eighty two, eighty three. Oh sure, I'm from the sticks of Jersey. I that's, mean, that's a normal thing. Had never mown a lawn, either of them. Oh, my God. Bought a house with a swimming pool and a tennis court. That is a whole other podcast. I'm so excited. Oh. Oh. I, I too, did not move, but, um, but I, my, my hometown is a place where people have lived for a billion years. And only once I was an older kid, um... The exodus from New York started pushing west enough to affect my hometown. And, like, it was normal for more and more families to move west mm-hmm. um, into very rural New Jersey because more highways, etc. But at the time that I was growing up, it was like you had been there for your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very rural western Jersey, um, not near Philly. Near, um, near like Allentown, Pennsylvania. So uh-huh. it's also a very <clears throat> depressed area. <clears throat> Technically, it's still very white, but it was super duper duper white. Very uh, depressed. Yeah. Bethlehem Steel went out of commission in the 70s. Uh-huh. And it was profound. It profoundly affected sure. the area. And I mean, right There's after. There's that whole Billy Joel song. Right, exactly. <laughs> Allentown is literally about the people that I grew up around. Um, in the in the Lehigh Valley, and it has really it's had a nice renaissance since. But um, I grew up with a lot of people who had spent their whole lives there, and my parents moved there, um, and they had they had each grown up in like Newark, Elizabeth um, had been from out, uh, South Plainfield, had been from out of the area, and so we had no family connections, and I was not that level of like redneck mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's true like it's not with any um it's not with any judgment oh i have so, so much hickey. love for regnets yeah yeah yeah. we're Absolutely. super hickey i grew up with kids whose families owned farms i was in the ffa mm. future farmers of oh, america yes. i still remember the theme song oh oh it was a good theme song <laughs> It was like a pop version to get kids more interested. Of course. It was called Discover the Power. Oh, well, now we have to... Discover the power. Your finest hour is here and you're ready to grow. (laughs) You already know 
where your heart wants to be. So go and follow your dreams where they lead. Where it leads. <laughs> All around this world, we recognize a need for compassion. I need to sympathize. Empower me. I know I'll shine. Responsibility. I'm taking mine. Wait for it. FFA makes a positive difference in our lives. That is why we are here. Oh my god. First of all, high fives for that. Because that was amazing. Also, when you think about these things, aren't you like, what part of my brain could I be using on something else? Like, understanding instant. <laughs> no, I need to because I've Googled it since and there's nowhere. Like, oh. at, at one point I ripped it from Napster because it was, Napster was a thing, right? <laughs> right. I didn't even talk about Napster in the, in the technology episode. Jesus. No. We, I ripped it from Napster at the exact right moment that it was somehow on the internet. Mm. And then it disappeared, and so I have it on one scratched-up old CD mixtape that I made myself when oh my I was, God. like, 16. And that's it. I, I So, well, now I have to sing you something. Yes, please. Um, so I mostly remember uh, um, we did a lot of uh, shitty musicals in church. Mm-hmm. Um, Col- Colby was, like, a robot who was, like, a Bible robot. So they're off-brand original works. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh... God uses kids, whatever. That was not the interesting one. When I was in six, God uses kids isn't the interesting. I mean, there's more. I can sing all of uh, uh, there's there's this song called Angels Aware. Anyway, occasionally I will go on YouTube and I can find some of these. And I'm just like, oh, how fascinating! They're still indoctrinating children using this terrible music. Um, but no, in sixth grade, I was asked to sing for like the younger kids. A just say no song, and it went something like, "Just say no, just say no. The answer is so easy. See, my friends, it's up to you and me. Something. If we stay strong, then we can win. Yeah. Uh, my friend Jimmy Hunter's mom was like putting together this whole thing. Oh my god, I just realized what that meant. <laughs> oh yeah, just say no to drugs. Uh, oh, anti-drugs. Oh, I totally thought it was like abstinence. No, I mean, I mean universally. Applicable. Universally, just no to no. anything fun. Just say no. <laughs> no improv for you. No, no yes, ending. <laughs> just say no. If it's no improv, I'm I'm here for that world. I'm ready. I'm ready to take a break. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, and the uh, the other one was um, we went to Odyssey of the Mind. World competitions one year. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you just awaken in my brain? Ooh. I remember this, but mm-hmm. why? So it was a two-part thing. It's very hard to explain, actually. Like, you have a team of seven people. Five people do one part and five people do the other part, which isn't really fair because that means two kids get left out of something. Ah, stupid. But uh, at least this is what was happening when I was in seventh grade. So you had to do a practical um, problem. You had a problem to solve. So it would give you, like... I don't know, like scene starters for a bunch of things. Um, and then within the scene, you would have to solve a problem, like build a balsa wood thing that would support a certain amount of weight. But it wouldn't have to be that. It could be more esoteric than that. Um, I don't remember what our problem was, but it had something to do with us dressing up as Egyptians. Which <laughs> Cool, fun, great. Cool, fun, great. <laughs> which I borrowed. One of my friend's uh, moms gave me an old sari to wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. But, Moments. Um, <laughs> This was just a moment in the woods. 
So, uh, OM is what it's about. OM is something to shout. OM! <laughs> and I can't say that that was the whole song, but it probably should have been. You guys, there was choreography. There was. <laughs> oh my there was. god. At some point, I do want to just talk about extracurricular activities. Oh, absolutely. But we're, we're here to talk about one of the, like, feeling different. Feeling different. So, um, so before I went off on an FFA tangent that I might just plug and play into some other episode, um, <clears throat> I grew up in a farm town from not farm people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, from people with, like, Jersey accents mm. into a land of Philly accents. Mm. Mm. That's how I know. Anybody I'm down there say water? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody says water except me. <laughs> it's not my thing. Um, but a, a lot of people I love say water, and I cannot emulate this accent for the life of me. I can spot it like a hawk, but I can't emulate yeah. it. It's very complicated and difficult <clears throat> and weird. Yeah, that one in Baltimore. Well, yeah, they very they weird. all are the same. I think it's all, like, the same migration, and yeah. I actually, I've done endless uh, just couch research on it and, like, found linguists who study specifically the the different um, iterations of the Philadelphia accent and where yeah. they all ended up and where they came from, and so why Philly and Baltimore are a little bit different, and how far south it goes and how far north it goes and how far west it goes and how it changes from Philly to Pittsburgh, like... So, again... <laughs> The fact that you have done all this research perfectly fits into <laughs> exactly how weird I am. And yep, yep, <laughs> yep that all the things we're talking about. And um, to add to it, this you know, uh, this newbie in a, in a farm area who um, I, I was an only child, and you and I probably technically had the same precociousness because I think your birth order like resets after seven years or yeah. something, maybe five. I have all the worst traits of an only and a youngest child. <laughs> I am like I want to push the shopping cart, but also you have to take care of me. Uh, this is because nobody did. You no. just want someone to. I played by myself my entire childhood. Me too. Me too. I grew up around no kids, so my parents also like we were around a bunch of like seventies and eighties housing developments mm-hmm. that were full of nice nuclear families. My parents chose a spot on a road that was only populated with like aging couples. Aww. And so literally a bunch of old couples and a cemetery. Right. As you I've been know. to that cemetery. You've been to it's that cemetery. cemetery. It's a good one. And you still hang out there because, of course, you hang out in the Dirt. cemetery. So I grew up as an only child in a farm town <laughs> next to a cemetery. How did you not wind up goth? I mean, I just, I had too much fun to be goth. I know. I'm just too goofy We're to be too goth. bubbly. I wanted to be goth. I, like, romanticized myself as this angsty goth kid. Oh. But yeah, in my head I was. Nice. But no, I'm, no. I listen to Smashing Pumpkins. Does that count? Yeah. I have melancholy, uh, melancholy in the infinite sadness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> my only Smashing Pumpkins. Oh. <laughs> well, you're a poser then. I do, absolutely. See? That's exactly <laughs> it. I was like, maybe someday I can be sad. Cool, sad, Maybe not I can be sad. Cool, sad, not real sad, not real not existential. crying during Jack's. <laughs> oh no! Exactly, exactly. So there were no kids near me, and the only kid I grew up with was the kid next door, who was a big friggin' weirdo. Oh, I had one of those. Oh yeah, and I did not want to hang out with him, and nope. it, and playing with him was only even 
marginally fun until he hit whatever bizarro puberty he hit. And he was very aggressive with me mm. and did stuff that we'll talk about in other episodes. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I did not have kids around. And it was me and my two, like, relatively urbanite parents. Mm-hmm. And so here I am. Like, with their references and their sense of humor. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I feel like I wasn't reading that early, but I, my parents heard me reading the Sesame Street credits. Oh, oh my God, it's so cute. Like, before officially learning to read. So I must have, I was like three, maybe, and, and they were like, what are you doing in there, Peanut? And I was like, director of photography. <laughs> Boy, grip. <laughs> so you know. Oh my god, that's so cute. So, um, so yeah, I grew up in a farm community on a street with no children, next to a graveyard, <laughs> um, which was where I played because I didn't have any friends, and I would ride my bike and cavort, co- cavort, cavort. I would cavort. Gavrosh. Garot? <laughs> Cravat? Ascot. Aspic. I would, um, I would co- co- cavort among the tombstones, and that was like how I fucking played. I love it. And on top of that, I was this kid with a very large vocabulary who was an early reader. I definitely remember them teaching kids to read in kindergarten and first grade. Oh, same. And I was just like patiently waiting and then reading my own pleasure books Mm -hmm. um like as soon as I could because I was so far ahead of the curve um would you have any favorites of uh, like young adult things that you were reading as a kid I don't remember how early it was but I read a book called the farthest away mountain that I should I still love like I read it as an adult and I was like this still slaps (laughs) that's great uh, the the first book that I read with a teacher that was a book book was um, uh, uh, the first Chronicles of Narnia book. Why can't I think of it now? The wardrobe. Uh, one. The Lion, the Witch, Lion, the, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I read that with a reading specialist in first grade because mm-hmm. um, they were having a hard time figuring out like what would be good, what I would be interested in. So also, I was the only kid who was advanced in doing things, so I got made fun of. As though I were learning disabled. Totally. Totally. Because I had to go to a reading specialist, which also, like, fuck you kids. Like, come on. Right. Right. I also, um, not only did I have, like, a specialist, and there were a couple of kids. There were a couple of kids who, like, were definitely very high performers among my class. And it was literally, like, three of us that would, for several periods a day in, like, second, third grade, go to, what was she even? To like an advanced a lady in study. another room. A lady. Yeah. <laughs> really, as a kid, you're yeah. like, I'm different, and here's a lady in another room, and we were doing tang rooms and like, oh yeah, I remember oh, tang rooms the most because if you don't know what tang rooms are, they're like these abstract puzzles, and they're different little pieces of plastic or wood that you have to put together to solve a shape. Um, they were. I used to do those for hours. Yeah, I was doing tang rooms constantly. And, um, and I believe it really was three children who were performing so high above the other kids that it was like, well, this is their enrichment period. So whatever, fertilize their brain or something. Mm-hmm. But simultaneously, I was also such an inside kid 
not in terms of actually being inside. I was very outside and very feral. <laughs> very feral. Um, and I lived on an acre of land, and I was constantly just in the woods and, mm-hmm. like, in my oh, fort. Yeah. No, we were unattended for most of my childhood. Absolutely. I don't know how I didn't die of Lyme disease, honestly. <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. I don't remember ever putting on... People used to... Skin so soft. That doesn't work. That's not bug repellent. It is not bug repellent. Although, if I were using it now, I would probably have so many fewer scars because... As an adult, I've scratched mercilessly. Fair enough. <laughs> Much more than I I'm just saying, I needed deep, that's all. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I've decided... Despite being very much an outside feral kid, I was an indoor kid. I didn't have children to play with. I had nobody developing my gross motor skills. Mm-hmm. And so, despite the fact that I was in these enrichment classes in gym, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Oh, baby. And so here I am in second grade, the only kid who, like, doesn't know how to kick a ball. Oh, no. Or I'm... catch anything. Nope. I was a damn mess. I was such a mess. And they were so concerned about me that I found found paperwork from 1991 saying, Mr. and Mrs. Ponton, we're very concerned about your daughter. She's developing way far behind the curve. Here is what we want her to do. And I started seeing an occupational therapist in school. I can't believe my podunk school had an OT, wow. but here we are. And I feel like... Did she play with you? She must have, but all I remember is tangroves. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just like oodles of tangroves. That is not um, a transferable skill. No. Well, I'm... I mean, I'm, abstract, abstract thinking I'm real thing. good at puzzles. Well, that's good. I'm real good at puzzles. Now I know why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like... Uh, and that was the first... That was how I learned to hate gym class. Oh, man. I mean, I would have hated it anyway. As like, it's like a Campbell's kid. Oh, yeah. You know what I found out? They don't do the President's Physical Fitness Awards anymore. Bless. Yeah, that's out. Bless. Uh, so for those of you who don't know what that was, Bless. there was a handful of stuff that you had to do every year and then you got graded on it. One of them was like, um, the like you had to hang off a bar. One climb. was pull-ups. You had to um, climb a rope. You had to shimmy up a rope. Oh, yeah, there was a rope shimmy. I literally mm-hmm. never even touched the rope. I was like... I would, like, hold on to it and then just drop because I had no upper body strength whatsoever. Also, we didn't train for them. You no. train for things like this. <laughs> no. We would play, like, fucking pickleball or, like, run a couple laps. You know what pickleball we is. I do. I didn't pickleball know. Pickleball is very I did not popular know it was in my hometown. So I thought that literally until I found out that it was popular now, I thought that, um, <laughs> that uh, uh, Mr. Meadows made it up. I thought that it was a fake game <laughs> that our gym teacher made up because yeah. we could do it inside. Oh my god! I had no idea it was a real thing. Pickleball is very competitive in Peabrook. Can we call it? It's it's wiffle ball with a paddle. <laughs> yeah, it's not a special thing. Well, wait, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, because you use a wiffle ball, but it's basically it's like ping pong, right? Big ping pong. Big ping pong. Yeah, it was the. Best. I mean, appealing, appealing for sure. But just saying, don't feel like it's a real sport. But I only got to do that in high school. Yeah, well, <laughs> again, was like, I thought that that existed only in in yes. my gym. So imagine my surprise when Don's dad retiring in, in South Florida was like, oh, I'm a big pickleball guy. And I was like, you got what? Okay, cool. He's also a silver Zumba instructor, which is lovely. Gym class. So the only thing that I could do for the President's Physical Fitness Award was the V-sit and reach because I have very long arms and very short legs. However, when we were doing the V-sit and reach, it was basically like you sat on the floor with your legs in a V and how far could you reach past your feet? However, you would have to do this most times with a partner, 
sitting with their feet against your feet. And I always had shorts that were too short. And it was always a fucking boy. Ugh. I don't know why. And usually, like, somebody on the soccer team or some horseshit athlete. Yeah. Who did not want to be touching me. Mm. Um, meanwhile, I was like, look, I can bend in half and almost knock you in the nuts from here. <laughs> and they were like, what's what? That's a transferable skill. Yeah, well, it sure is. <laughs> Thanks, public institutions of education. Um, but, yeah, they don't have it anymore. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And kind of surprising, given as much as I miss Obama, uh, you and I Aww. were very active fat activists at the time when Michelle Obama was making Let's Move her own initiative. And it was very focused on the obesity epidemic and children's and it didn't have quote, to be. Unquote, quote unquote quote unquote right it, it didn't, didn't have, have to be. be it could just have been about movement, movement and activity and joyful. pleasure and yeah yeah it could have been and but it was unfortunately as per so many things at that point in time it was very focused on um it was very focused on weight and bmi and fat phobia yeah. and it sucked and i was like no I love you so much, and I, I want you to be in office for a very long time, and why you have to do this one shitty fatphobic thing. I know. You know, it's interesting. Um, part of the big reason that I felt different as a child was because of my size, mm-hmm. and this is, we are just now butting up to that, so maybe we should take Fat Kid and make that its own episode. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Because I was just, just a, a weird kid. Right, right, absolutely. Yes, and uh, yeah, I was just, I was such a weird kid, and I was always a little soft. Mm. But I wasn't like, it didn't become, it's like I was the fattest kid to make fun oh, of. Oh, same. But like, yeah. But like. But when you look back on those pictures. No. No, I was like a size 12 when I was 12. I was just, I was, I was a larger kid. But, um, but yeah, no, I was weird enough that even if I were a string bean, I would have been oh, an absolute <laughs> social nightmare. Yeah. And I was. Roasted this bit. Roasted this bit. And I'd like to, and so when I started school, of course, there was, there was, you know, being pulled from class for gifted and talented stuff and enrichment stuff and my OT, because apparently I was afraid of sport, but, (laughs) but again, if nobody teaches you, it's a skill. It is. People just don't like, some people like, honestly, pop out of the womb ready to ice skate. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Just like some people are naturally talented in theater, whatever it is. However, some people can... You can't just be like, play volleyball. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. What does that mean exactly? Oh, wait. What is balance? Let's start there. And all these kids come from families of, like, golden retriever puppies where they Uh, are catching balls in the yard. Yeah. You know, pummeling on each other. I don't know. This is what I imagine siblings do. (laughs) I have a a rich inner life. I think that there's blanket forts involved and possibly some frisbee. (laughs) That sounds so nice. It does sound fun. Man. So, yeah, like, my home life was not good, which is, again, uh, another isolating thing. You can't really trust the adults in your Mm -hmm. life. Well, who's left? There are no children. You are a weird child, and nobody wants to be your friend. She would snuffle up, I guess. (laughs) Oh, snuffy. Yeah, yeah, and and then you have no adults in your life that you can lean on. Books. Books. Books was it for me. Books. I'm books, watching my books literally of saved my life. Oh, yeah. Labyrinth. I still oh, have my copy. Oh god. Yeah, Labyrinth totally I, made me feel seen. I'm gonna go ahead and blame Labyrinth on why I fell in love with so many gay men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. 
How could you not? I, I mean, who like, doesn't love a cod piece and a Tina Turner wig? <laughs> and for the rest of my life, the pinnacle of sexuality for me has been Prince. So, yeah. done and dunner. Oh, Labyrinth. Yeah, and oh, so I'm, um, yeah, we can come back to Labyrinth. We can do a whole episode on Labyrinth. Okay. I love um, Labyrinth. Yeah, uh, so if you can't trust the adults in your life, yeah. like, then you really, you are alone. And it's a very, mm-hmm. it's a solitary road. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of weirdness and a lot of responsibility to just like be your own comfort. Oh, I didn't trust anybody. I, so, I mean, we had so many secrets. Um, this is again more for like a different episode, but my family, uh, had a lot of money, moved from New York to Virginia, opened this, um, opened a museum, which immediately failed. And then I think somebody lost all the money in the stock market. I don't know what happened. But right around, like, 1984, we went from, like, okay to completely destitute to the point where my dad, I remember him talking to me, saying, it's possible that you could come home from school and all of our stuff will be out on the lawn. But it's okay, because I'm going to buy us a castle in Ireland. (laughs) Cool. Cool. (laughs) Guess what I had nightmares about. I, I can still tell you about the castle nightmare that I had. No. Um, so it was the only time I ever was flying or falling and then hit the ground in a dream (gasps) in my whole life. That's so fucked up. And you were like five. Yeah. Oh my God. I was an itty bitty baby. No, 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 no. So I, I, I'm not saying that you should hide things from children, but say it's one thing to be like, Hey, listen, things are weird right now. There might be some changes Maybe pack a go bag. Like, right. <laughs> but not like you could come home and all of our stuff is on the lawn and we're no. going to move to Ireland right. in a castle. A child what? can't process that. An adult can't process that. No. But, uh, right. Exactly. You, you curate it for a but child. That was how deluded my dad was. That was how he felt like he could connect with me. It was on this <laughs> weird, whimsical planet where he wasn't driving the family into the ground. We were just going to go live in a castle. So I had no way to relate to other children. We had some kids up the street that I hung out with, um, and they were very Virginia Southern, and they were lovely. And like, thankfully, my mom got along with that mom. It was, my, it was I was like, oh, my mom has a friend. That's not what a five year old should be thinking about. No, no. It's good. really fascinating to talk about the stuff with that. It's. I'm at a point in my life where I don't have to cry about everything now. Right. Where it's just a story, and it's not like it happened to someone else. It happened to me. Uh, but it's also very normalizing to hear your end of things. Oh, shit. Oh. Um, anyway, that is the blueprint for the people you are about to get to know, uh, increasingly well and intimately. We love you. This has been All the Fucks. Yes. Hooray. See you later for more fucks. Or less fucks? No, more and more. More and more. Thanks for letting us hug your ears here on All the Fucks. Leave us a message at anchor.fm slash all the fucks, or you can find us on Twitter at Fucks Podcast, on Facebook at all the F.CKS, or on Instagram at all the F.CKS pod. Next time on All the Fucks. For those who don't know, LiveJournal was like an, the first online blogging thing, really. It was the uh, GeoCities, technically. Right, but, but it was but, the first that was meant to be a journal. Yes. 
Oh, it meant to be you pouring your soul out. Yes. Whereas blogs could be anything, and it was usually about like your model train, right? Or, or the new kids, or the new kids on the block, or the boys in forensics. You model like trains. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My dad was in the model train. Mine too. Oh my god. Oh my Duh. god. <laughs> All right. Can't wait till we hit that episode.